Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Power Your Life. And it's always a pleasure to be here and sending out vibes of healing and love and kindness across the globe. It's a time to really think about what we're doing, be mindful of what we're doing, of our actions, of our thoughts, of our relationships, and of ourselves. And speaking of mindfulness, I have a wonderful guest who's going to share her gifts and talk about how you can be in a different state of more higher mindfulness. And I'm talking about Catherine Sherlock, who focuses on elevating the leadership conversation to create a more profound degree of connection with yourself as well as with others. After her master's, Catherine worked as an environmental and sustainability consultant, and she served all levels of government, business, large to small, nonprofits, as well as other agencies. Her work encompassed a wide range of areas from organizational development, research, and evaluation to management and education. With a yearning to make a deeper and a lasting change in the world, Catherine founded Higher Mindfulness, a way for people to connect to their inner wisdom to begin to see opportunities and choice points not visible before. Catherine worked with leaders who see a bigger picture for their business as well as for themselves and not just the bottom line. Her passion is for others to see for themselves and their businesses that higher mindfulness is empowerment with the ability to operate on a higher level with less inner turmoil and more inner peace, which we can use right now. Welcome, Catherine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much, Joanne, for having me on. It's my pleasure. So... You created this beautiful higher mindfulness. Share with our listeners what higher mindfulness is. Maybe let's start with what mindfulness is and then go on to higher mindfulness. How's that? Sure. I mean, mindfulness, most people understand it. Um, It's come into the world kind of as corporate mindfulness. And um, it's come in as a very secularized way. And that was a good thing because it it was able to kind of move to corporate, you know, the, the corporate world, and be spread to to audiences that might not have looked at it otherwise. Um, but at the same time, a lot of it um, it's kind of gotten watered down. You know, at these uh, these days, everything is mindful. You know, mindful this, mindful that, and it's become kind of meaningless. 
And I think a lot of its original purpose um, has been lost. It's kind of disconnected from its larger purpose. It's become more about stress management and developing focus. And it's lost its kind of missing connection to um, concepts of like expanding consciousness and developing the self and raising your vibration and connecting to something greater than yourself. And those are all the pieces that really give it um, its transformative power, its juiciness. You know, and those are all the aspects of mindfulness and higher mindfulness that that I really know in terms of really connecting to source, connecting to to all of that information and being able to to see things on a different level. So, So I think you're so right. And I think it's important, probably now so because of what everybody's going through, to really know how to utilize this. So um, given the state that many people are in right now, um, one of the things that does come up a lot is people right now handling all these these conflicting feelings up and down and, and, and just lots of emotions, sometimes even running haywire and not being able to control them. How does that work? within the concept or the construct of, of higher mindfulness, and how do we shift that? That's, I think that's really true right now, Joanne, and that's what I'm hearing a lot, is that people are really struggling with emotions in isolation. And the reason for that is because the things that they've used to distract themselves from their emotions aren't available right now. So the emotions were always there, and they were always coming out in, in ways that aren't helping your life. Um, but now it's just a little more obvious because you are in lockdown. Um, and so the thing is now it's a kind of a choice point because when you're distracting yourself with business, it, you're actually making a choice to stay unconscious. And so now this lockdown, this kind of uh, collective pause that we're having, is an opportunity to get out of overwhelm and into empowerment. Um, and it's you know it's not easy to to um to learn to deal with emotions because we have we're taught we're we're taught to suppress them all the time and we don't have a lot of role models for how actually to process them and how to digest them and it's it's really important that we we get that and i think also there's a needs to be the connection to you know that i call it the the call of the higher self or the call of the authentic self you know, it's not um, it's not a loud call in our lives. It's something that kind of nibbles at the edge of our consciousness and the edges of our life. And so you do have to choose and commit to listening to it. Um, when And whenever you are taking an action or trying to do something bigger in the world or grow yourself as a leader, you're, you're likely to run up against some of these limitations in yourself. And you need to clear those to go to your next level of, of mastery. So getting back to, and I totally agree and understand that, so getting back to our emotions and and the fact that, yes, we those emotions have been there and we've utilized ways to work with them, them before, what about now? What can we do now with respect to mindfulness and our emotions to keep them more in in gear and to be able to 
not see them go so radically up and down and to be able to to monitor them better. Well, it's almost not, well, I wouldn't say not monitoring them, but not, um, again, there's that, there's that element of trying to control them all the time, and all, everything comes with that, even emotional intelligence. I mean, I talk a lot about often about the pitfalls of emotional intelligence, and those come about because emotional intelligence, intelligence often comes down to trying to mentally control your emotions. And we have been taught to see emotions as adversaries. So we experience them as threatening. But em- it's, emotions aren't bad. It's the suppression of them that causes problems. So there's huge, there's well, huge issues around, um, around suppressing our emotions. First of all, it's an energy drain. Because it's like trying to keep a beach ball down in a pool of water. And it, it also creates a disconnect in our psyche. So I can explain this best through the concept of the ego. A lot of times leaders especially will talk about their ego. And they're often fighting against their ego. And um, if you listen to somebody talk about their ego, they will talk about it in like a voice of complete contempt for this, what is actually a part of themselves. And what you've done is you've taken the things, these certain things you don't like, and you've put them in a box called ego, and then you've tried to push it out of yourself. And all that does is create a disconnect in the psyche. And it makes it, and it means that you will forever be be struggling against this this thing you've called ego until you bring those that the those sort of uh, ostracized parts home until you bring them back in and it's the same thing with our negative emotions we have to stop treating them as enemies stop treating them as the bad guys not make bad guys within ourselves and and actually listen learn to listen and digest and discover that in them they have a lot of wisdom and to kind of bring that home to self and that's what makes I think it that's very important I think I think our emotions are are giving us messages all the time maybe because we're not paying attention to them or whatever so I totally believe what you're saying and work with that as well that we need to see what's going on see what we're trying to suppress and handle our emotions see what see what the messages are and 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 learn how to how to work with it so can you give our listeners something specific right now in terms of the mindfulness the higher mindfulness approach that can help them with their emotions yeah like i said they they're you know when you begin to deal with your emotions they are overwhelming because you've got this backlog of unprocessed emotions for one thing so it can feel like it's potentially a volcano you know and people don't want to touch it and the other thing is because because you've made it because we've we have made our emotions the bad guys um or you know well just all the parts of us the bad guys like like motivations that maybe we don't like things like that that we've buried um because we make them the bad guy, we don't actually want to see them. Because then we have to admit to ourselves we're not the kind of ideal person that we are, that we want to be. And so you have to stop making any part of yourself the bad guy. You just have to start. It's the, it's the beginning of kind of self-love, of a new level of self-love and a new level of self-respect to actually really listen to whatever's going on. And I think one of the ways, one of the easy ways to start out doing that is... Um, 
say you're struggling with a particular thing, um, maybe it's a particular emotion or you're wanting to, you know, grow yourself in some area of your life and you're not sure how that's going to happen or you have certain emotions coming up around, around it, you can sit down and do a body meditation. And that's just becoming aware of the, the, the feelings and the sensations um, in the body. And that's kind of a step removed from the emotions in a way, but it, it, it allows you to do it to kind of address the emotions in a very non-threatening way because you're just experiencing it in the body. And we bury a lot of stuff in our body, so it's, it's a healthy thing to do to become aware of it and to release it. But just by keeping your awareness on it, on those sensations and how they change and following it through the body, um, you'll, you'll naturally release. So that's a very you know, I think it's a, way to start. I think it's important what you're saying about keeping the level of awareness, and I just want to add without judgment, because when we add that judgment piece to it, then we're saying it's good or bad or whatever, and it's about just like what you're saying, just see them, know what's going on, and be able to get a, get a sense of what's going on rather than labeling them good or bad or whatever. Yeah, absolutely, Joanne. You know, the, the, one of the key pieces that I've found in the research is self-compassion, having self-compassion. So starting from a place of self-compassion, where you start to realize, you know what, all these emotions and all these, you know, mixed motivations and all of that is is normal for for us as humans. And so that kind of lets, you know, let let yourself give a little breathing room. Right now in the in the corporate world, there's a big call for empathy and compassion, but I think the missing piece is self-compassion because when you do empathy and compassion without starting from self-compassion, you get poor boundaries, <laughs> really poor boundaries. And I I totally agree with you. I think it's so important to to be self-loving and self-compassionate and a lot of people don't know how a lot of people have learned that you put everybody else first and also learned I'll use negative positive here but have learned ways or things about themselves that that make them feel less than so how do we rise above that how do we get to a place of more self-compassion because I, I, I think it's so important too Catherine um, well, the, the, you know, a lot of the academic research on self-compassion comes from a woman named Kristen Neff. I think that's it. I think I've, if I'm remembering it properly. I think it's N-E-F-F. Um, so she's, she's got a step-by-step process around it. Um, and one, it is, one of it is just, you know, recognizing that when you're in these emotions that this is natural and this is human and that's okay, you know. That, that uh, you know, I think for the longest time in the meditation um, field, and particularly why Westerners were attracted to East, Eastern meditations and Eastern practices, was this idea that if you practice long enough, you would actually get rid of your emotions. And I think that's a falsehood. I don't think we ever get rid of our emotions. And I think actually the spiritual teachings often um, are backwards because they, they again kind of teach teach us to fear parts of ourselves and that parts of ourselves are bad and you know, and and rather than teaching us to turn toward ourselves in ever deeper self-love, because you only can give what you have in yourself, right? We know that we know that intellectually, but we don't know we don't know that experientially. 
So right, and I'm not sure all those teachings do that too. I think it's important to be able to embrace self, the the higher self, the aspects of self, and the higher self that's within ourselves. And it, and it's really important to be able to to live that aspect of who we are. Um, given what everybody is going through, is there some suggestion that you can? Tell us about in terms of of having something that we do daily or whatever that is about mindfulness in terms of our approach to our day and to ourselves, not necessarily the emotional aspect, but just how we how we approach today um you know one of the things I should probably talk about is the the in the present idea the 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 being in the present idea. Because that's what is most often associated with mindfulness, and I think that's a very um, limited concept. Um, it's it's being in the present isn't the goal. Growing your consciousness is so present. Being in the present is a tool of that, um, but it's been taken to an extreme. And so it's useful in the idea that you know sometimes you're dwelling in the past, and so you're dwelling in anger or resentment or sometimes you're casting yourself into the future and you're feeling anxiety, so to bring yourself back from those places. But there's also times when you need to revisit the past, and it's coming up for a reason, and you need to be able to listen to it. Um, so, So the other idea around mindfulness is that you're trying to be mindful of everything all the time, and that's just actually exhausting. It, it actually exhausts your your brain, and it can lead to you being um, basically having fractured consciousness because your your brain isn't meant to stay in a beta state all the time. It's meant to relax into slower states or to move through different states. And when you're trying to be present all the time, you end up trying to keep yourself in a beta state and, you know, like I said, just exhausting yourself. So, And the other thing that it doesn't recognize is that um, there are a lot of layers <coughs> to our consciousness. It, it's it's a really complex thing. So there is no single present. We can hold um, completely opposite emotions at the same time, you know, about somebody, for example. Um, there's all these different layers. So it's like, well, which one of those are you going to be present to? And so I, I like the concept better of awareness, you know, and then you're able to choose your awareness and put your awareness for where it's most powerful. So, for example, I always use the, this this example of being, you know, when I'm making lunch. Um, and mindfulness would tell me, well, if I'm making lunch, you know, I should be aware of chopping the vegetables and, you know, everything. And that is not what I do. You know, when I, I just let my mind relax. And it's when I come up with article ideas, I, you know, solve client problems, I, you know, because my mind's just in this relaxed state. And that's, again, where people are getting this, this, um, confusion around mindfulness, and I think it's harming us. So that's the the one thing that to, to recognize that there's there's a and there's so much more around consciousness to access and to get into. Um, and then I think the emotional piece, just learning to um, be with your emotions and having different techniques. Um, I'll give one for for people that I love. It came from Anne Cameron, and she wrote a book actually for artists. And it was this is an exercise she gave to get artists back in the flow, 
because sometimes you wake up in the morning and as an artist you couldn't you know you're you're struggling to get into your work um and she calls this the morning pages and it's basically three pages of just writing like everything that comes to mind without the without the pen or pencil stopping just writing 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 and when you do that you'll be surprised what comes out um you know stuff that was kind of niggling at the edges edges of your consciousness which is the other thing with the in the present idea is that a lot of information kind of niggles at the edge of our consciousness before it comes through. And if you're trying to be in the present all the time, you're actually disconnecting yourself from that information that's coming in. It's like this very mental fear-based practice in the present. So just kind of relaxing more. So I think that's I think that relaxation of mind is so important, and that level of awareness is important. And, and as the mind relaxes, in my opinion, and um, with the work that I do and the writing and whatever, as the mind relaxes, it seems to allow more room for the creative process and for new ideas. Like I was thinking, what you were saying about cooking when my mind is quiet and I'm cooking it's it to me it's a very calming and a very creative experience cuz I'm engaged with it and and it's soothing and and it's and it's really important so I love that that idea of allowing that aspect of self to be yeah, I think probably we need to be less hard on ourselves in a lot of ways you know and a lot more accepting right you know, to treat ourselves like, like we would treat children. You know, to love on ourselves like we would love on children. You know, I think that's so important. And and many and we don't. Well, I can't say everybody doesn't, but many people don't, and and they need to. So, what's one way for us to look at ourselves without judgment and without? something's right or something's wrong or good or bad or whatever and just appreciate who we are. You know, I think the the biggest easiest mindset mind mindset shift is um curiosity. So, mm. for example, um and it works both for ourselves and it works both with others in in terms of of Giving, having a better relationship with ourselves and having a better relationship with others. So here's one of the issues that, okay, I'm going to kind of back up this. I'm going to talk about, um, I'm going to go back into talking about emotions for a minute. So, you know, one of the emotions that comes up, one of the difficult or so-called negative emotions that comes up is envy. And... Um, you know, a lot of people have been taught that envy or to be jealous is a really bad thing. Like, you are a bad person if you feel envious or jealous. And it's, that's not true. That it's, all it is is it's saying, it's, it's telling you that there's something more that you want. And since we're evolving beings, there's always something more that we want. That's a really natural and really healthy thing. And so to listen to, listen to it is important. What happens when you don't listen to it is you will actually turn the other person unconsciously into a bad guy. And then, because you've turned them into a bad guy, it will be okay to treat them poorly and put them down. But when you listen to that envy, and you say, oh, you know, say you know, they've got a new car, and you, you see it, and you feel, oh, and you feel immediately envious. If you actually listen to it and go deeper into it, it's probably not about the car. 
but it's probably about something deeper, a want and a desire that that you want that's deeper. Most people would stop at the car, and that's why we have this consumerism problem, right? People just go out and buy something, and it satisfies them for five minutes, and then they're on to the next thing because they haven't listened deeper. They haven't processed the emotion deeper. So when you listen to that envy or that jealousy deeper, you're going to find what it is you really want, you know, whether it's security or freedom or... And then it's very easy to begin to um, to to offer that to yourself, right? So now you know again. Sorry. Go okay. ahead. So now you've really no, listened. You've really listened, and that's the, that is the self-respect. So coming back to the curiosity, it's about um, becoming really curious about who you are and how you think and what motivates you. And knowing that you're going to find some ugly stuff along the way, and that's okay. And it's the same with other people. Rather than what we do is often, uh, we're not really listening. We're not really there with them. Um, we're we're assigning, we're there with them mentally, and we're assigning assumptions to their behavior and things. Instead of getting really curious about them, and you know, asking deeper questions, and and then that. That facilitates conversation and it facilitates relationship. So I think I, you know, I think what you're saying is so important, and it, it it's again about not pushing those emotions away. Really recognizing when something comes up, whether it's envy or even pain or or sadness or whatever, there's something more behind it, and to like delve into that, like you're saying and examine it because it can help us see what may be missing, what we want, like you said earlier, or something else that we need to go after or something within ourselves that we want to work with more or or examine more or something like that. And I think I think that level of self-awareness is so important, Catherine, in like you're talking about being being able to kind of love ourselves, be compassionate with ourselves, and the first stop is is kind of like, well, who are we? What are these emotions? What's going on? So that we can come to terms with that in some way. So tell us a little bit about why you started this your mindful your higher mindfulness and what that what you do with that with other people and how that's going. Well, I, I, like, I, like you said in the intro, I was um, a consultant, and I had been for years. And I think that probably environmental and sustainability consulting, I have a master's in, in it. And I think that was probably the closest area to healing that I could get to <laughs> without actually <laughs> being in healing. Um, you know, you're kind of looking at healing the earth. And, you know, it was a good, I mean, I loved it. I, I, I loved it. And yet, over time, it felt like, it was just such a small drop in such a large bucket of the problem. And I, um, you know, at the same time as I had my professional life, I had my personal life, and that was very much, uh, a, you know, a, one of a truth seeker. Um, and I, was, I worked very hard on that. That was a big part, has always been a big part of my life. And so as I started to look for, you know, how can I create larger transformations in the world, um, the two kind of came together. Um, and 
And what was really a big turning point for me was this book that I read. It was about mindfulness, and I think his name was David Gels. Um, and but the the key piece of it was he was working from with somebody, or not he was somebody was working with somebody from Monsanto, and they introduced. I don't know. Do you know Monsanto, the company? Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't. Have, they don't have a very good environmental record, anyways. So they introduced mindfulness to the company, and then at the time, Monsanto was looking at having Terminator seeds. And Terminator seeds are seeds that you sell, and they only they're only good for one year, and then you have to go back to the company and rebuy them. So it's really kind of a greed-based approach, and very dangerous to get into the environment potentially. Um, you know, if, if our plants don't reproduce, we're in trouble. Right. So, so. They were, you know, lock, stock, and barrel on the road to producing this. And then mindfulness was introduced to the company. And they actually began to listen to their stakeholders, and they canceled that program. Now, unfortunately, down the road, um, a new CEO came in, and he he canceled the mindfulness program within the company. And things sort of went back to back. Right. But, it, but it told me, you know what, it's a lot more powerful to change from the inside, because when I was working in the environmental sector, and um, we were trying to force change from the outside, right? And that's what the environmental sector is doing. And it's like, this is not very effective. Like, I'd rather connect people to their own wisdom, to their own selves, and just allow them to unfold into who they're, into them as self-actualized, into them as empowered. You know, I love that, and that's who I'm about to, you know, everything that I'm about to, because I think that that to be able to recognize, as you're talking about, Catherine, that level of, of empowerment within ourselves is uh, once we do that, once we recognize that, that fullness of that, I believe and and hope that that we can really make some incredible change. Not I'm not necessarily talking about ourselves, but have the power because we have that belief in our in our own abilities, our own power to be able to to do more for our world, for the earth, for you know, for humanity, for whatever. And, and um, I love the fact that that you're looking at things in that way too, because I think it, it's I think well, you tell me if this is right. I think right now, given this pandemic, we're kind of at a a, a a turning point in in how we view ourselves and how we view each other and even how we view what we're doing and and the earth. So do you have any comments about that and what we need to do in terms of this time, in terms of healing and being able to move forward with ourselves in creating more self-wisdom and awareness? Yeah, you know, there's there's so much. You know, but I think one of the things is, again, it's that we are so fear-based. And to begin right. to recognize that we are so fear-based and that it's going to be a long process to get us out of being fear-based, but to be, but the start of it is the awareness. The start of it is the, is the awareness that we are doing that, that we are responding from fear-based places. We do so much unconsciously. And, you know, we can't really get away from that because, again, it, it is unconscious until... It kind of, kind of, worms its way its its way into conscious, right? And it's only going to do that if you're paying attention, if you're actually committing to a journey of consciousness. 
So, and that's so, that so important to do, <laughs> right? Yeah, that commitment and that commitment, no, you know, no matter what, and to realize, you know, but but a lot of people have been committing to that journey of consciousness, and they've been making it a mental journey, and um, then you have the the kind of right and the left brain um, fighting against each other. We have made, you know, we we live in a world, uh, a culture that um, that values the scientific paradigm, but that has put the left brain over the right, so mental over emotions, or or I, I would rather say left over right, because there's a lot more that goes into that. Um, and unfortunately, again, you you create this war within yourself. And when you're all le- when you're left brain, um, we've kind of created this left brain that's very fearful, and we've done that by because we're misusing our brain, we're misusing our mind by um, by being fear based and putting the the left brain in control of everything else. So backing that down and realizing, wait a minute, this this right brain just communicates in a different way. And that's where our intuition comes from, and that's where a lot of the juiciness of our life comes from. And I love that part of our lives. You know, I I, I think mindfulness also is about, and again, if, if it's studied, it's about getting to that place of quiet so that you can tap into the intuitive process, into what's going on subconsciously and unconsciously and bring that more to a level of awareness rather than just staying with the mind and with with separating the brain because both aspects of the brain can give us the most incredible gifts if we're not utilizing them, as you talk about, in terms of judgment or in terms of fear. So we are we could have this discussion forever because I think it's so important about being in a place of, of personal power and loving ourselves and being mindful and aware of what we're doing and our emotions and our judgments so that we can see and be more clear about who we are and what we're doing. So I I love what you're talking about, Catherine, and this higher higher mindfulness is is a really powerful way for for us to be. We are running out of time. So what would you want to leave our listeners with in terms of higher mindfulness and their potentiality and possibilities within themselves. Well, as you mentioned, John, one of the things I talk about is elevating the leadership conversation. And I think what we're missing in our lives is we get so caught up in the the details and getting to the day and all that that we miss out and we put on the back burner what matters most, the things that matter most. And so this collective pause is reminding us to focus on what matters most. And when I I have a leadership framework of elevating purpose, and it's it's it has these pieces of you know leaders have to deal with the daily responsibilities and challenges, and then their daily tasks and their relationship with others, and then an, another the higher pieces they maximize their actualization and their self purpose, and then the other pieces they bring in the awe and mystery of this life. And they begin the mm. conversation from there. And I think that's what's missing, is we are not beginning our conversations from there. 
we put that on the back burner thinking, well, you know, when I accomplish this, I'll get to those things that really matter to me. And instead, it's bringing those forward and starting our conversations, whether it be in companies, whether it be in our families, whether it be in ourselves, from that point. Because I think that we have barely touched the the tip of the iceberg on what our potential is. You know what? I totally agree with you, and I think that's a beautiful place to start. And to and when you when you begin at that place, there's so much in terms of expansion and and like you say, possibilities. So that's wonderful. So Catherine Sherlock, tell tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, find out more about what you're doing, and learn more about higher mindfulness. Um, you can check out my website, highermindfulness.com, and you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. It's probably the place I post a lot. Um, yeah, probably LinkedIn is, is the best place, but check out my my website, highermindfulness.com. Wonderful. Anything else you want to tell our listeners before we end? Um, I think we would just go into another hour of talking if I did. (laughs) (laughs) I think so, too. Well, maybe we're going to have to set set up another hour because, like, we have – there's so much more to this, and it's so important. And I think right now we are given that opportunity, like you said, so it's so important to do that. So thank you so much for all that you do, Catherine Sherlock, for your higher mindfulness and for sharing today on Power Your Life. Thank you, Joanne. It was wonderful. Thanks. It's my pleasure. Thanks again. Take care. So think about what Catherine said because it's so important to remember that you have within yourself the ability and the power, one, to be more self-aware, two, to take a look at those emotions rather than running from them, being afraid of them, or pushing them down, as Catherine talked about, which which can be toxic rather than helping you see what's going on and, and recognize that there's so much in terms of messages for yourself. So think about that. You have the opportunity every day to empower yourself and one of the ways to do that that Catherine addressed and I agree with is the level of awareness of yourself pay attention lovingly not critically if you want to get a hold of me you can go to docwhite.org and remember take a step today to believing more in yourself and to moving forward with more self-love and compassion and have a great day Be safe wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come. 